Thank you, everybody, for downloading this episode of the Nerdball Podcast. And guess what, guys? I finally did it. Finally took a CrossFit class. It was fun. Thanks to Morgan over at Fort Meigs CrossFit for helping me, Andrea, Mateo uh, out this morning. Uh, this is Sunday, the first that we uh, we took our first class. So it was fun. And, you know, they it was real easy. It's not the workout, but easy to understand what we're doing. Uh, they made some modifications because uh, there was some things that we could not do. Um, also, Mateo being younger, there were some things that just he can't do because he's younger. So they made modifications. They were able to work it out and he could work out alongside Andrea and myself. So it was good. So if you want to take classes over there, check out Fort Max CrossFit and uh, and their website, fortmaxcrossfit.com. So in honor of us taking our first class, I don't have a new episode today, but I will be putting out uh, an old episode. Um, someone I interviewed um, last January. So I'll be putting out the, uh, the guest for today is Anna Tunnicliffe Tobias. She was... Um, if you didn't, if you didn't uh, listen the first time or watch the first time, she was in the Olympics. She was sa- did sailing. She does CrossFit, you know. So I thought it was a good, a good, uh, a good episode to put out in celebration of our first CrossFit class. So uh, I hope you enjoy. Uh, please continue to like, share, subscribe, review this podcast. Uh, thanks for everything. I got my three-year anniversary episode coming out on Thursday, so I'm looking forward to that. And I hope you all are as well. Thanks. My guest today is an Olympic gold medalist, uh, several-time world champion, uh, national champions at co- national championships at college. She's uh, been all around the world sailing. She, we uh, we talk about her move from England to the United States. Um, going going through that as uh, at the age of twelve is I mean moving anywhere at twelve is difficult, but she moved across the country. So going through all those, uh, running track, finding sailing, uh, finding that she loved sailing. Um, when she moved over to here um and you know like i said going through high school finding the college that she could sail at deciding you know exactly what she wants to do and uh just competing all the time not only in the olympics but competing in all these world championships competing in crossfit games so she's she's just a competitor and it was great for her uh it was great to hear from her about all her training and everything she goes through um it, it was a really great episode just to get an insight on uh someone who has been to the olympics and, and what it takes to to compete at that level uh, please follow uh the other show our other show at the uh the nerdball network three different dads uh it's on its own feed now so just look for three different dads um wherever you find this podcast um we're coming out uh, every wednesday morning with episodes Please reach out to uh, to us here at the Nerdball Podcast, nerdballpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and as always, thanks to Fort Meg's CrossFit for uh, allowing us to use their studio space. Uh, it's been a great, great resource for me, and I look forward to uh, to continue recording out of there. We got a full slate for February where every episode is in the studio, so I'm excited for that. Um, but uh, enough of show enough of where you can find us and how to contact us um here is our guest for this week i'm anna tamicliffe tobias and this is the nerdball podcast this is the nerdball podcast with lorenzo melcher perfect anna thanks uh, for coming on my podcast Thanks for having me. 
Um, we went to the same high school at the same time, and I think these are this is the most words we've ever said to each other. But that's because you were <laughs> you were three grades older than I was. Mm, yes. Although I talked to your I talked to your brother David quite a bit in high school, which okay, is, yeah. Um, and um, and we were on a track team together. Um, but that is that is pretty much um the extent of what I know about you besides uh looking at your Wikipedia page five minutes before we we came on this, this uh, Zoom. Um, so again, thanks for coming on. Uh, the first question I ask people is, um, is what is something you've been nerding out about lately? So something you're really into, uh, books, movies, TV shows, classes you're taking, something, something that just gets you like away from the daily thing that you do, your daily job, something that just you can kind of break away and, and, and feel happy about doing. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. I've been super busy lately. Um, I finished, well, I finished my MBA, so that was taking up a lot of time. Um, but since then, um, I kind of getting into like, I started competing again for the Olympics, Mm, uh, trying for the Olympics again. So I've been reading, um, a book about, um, like the mental side of sports and staying positive and having confidence in, in, uh, your approach to, to what you're doing. Do you, um, being as I've never been competed in the Olympics. And so when you say confidence, cause you won a gold medal, like, is there always just a lack of that? Even though you, you were at the top of, of the sport, like, is there just a lack of like, I'm not as good as I used to be, or these other people are better. Like it's, it's, it's shocking to hear that, I guess, cause I've never been at that level. Yeah. I don't think it's a lack of confidence per se. I think it's more of a, um, you know, in, in everything that we do, we either want to st- achieve something or we're better at like one part of it than the other so um for sailing there's so many um different variables that go into sailing like the wind's different the waves are different you know so a lot of sailors are really comfortable in say the big breeze and not as comfortable in light winds or vice versa okay you know so a little bit of that of you know talking to yourself and focusing on um reminding yourself that you are good in all of those conditions Mm -hmm. um you just tend to feel more comfortable in some than the other um and then um you know and and then how to stay positive about achieving your goal because Mm -hmm. you know it's sports someone's got to lose and someone's going to win you know so it's very easy for athletes to let they're like i'm gonna win but this could happen so it's about trying to cut out that but yeah so uh, you talked about reading that book. Is that something you've you try to do ever since you've been competing in, in world championships and just competing in sailing in general? Is that like just find information, not only like how to do it, but like this one is more mental stuff. Is that something you've you've done through your whole career? Um, on and off. I, I find the mental game interesting. Um, I'm not. I, I kind of like to be like super tough on myself sure. and um you know, try and have a, a no emotional approach to things. Um, and so these books kind of help me if, if for one reason or another, like I start getting in my own mind down the emotional side of it. Um, it kind of brings me back into the less emotional, more factual and how to channel that energy in a positive way. Do you, I'm assuming you talk to um, other competitors too. Is that something you guys kind of share? Like, Hey, how do you get through this? Or i i not necessarily how to, uh, you know, how to do it, but I'm sure that comes up too, but just being a mental thing, taking a mental toll on you on, on whatever you're doing. Is that, are there shared experiences with that? 
Uh, I don't really talk to other competitors about it. I think everybody has their own personal journey. Some people like to talk to sports psychologists. Um, some don't, you know, everybody has their own way of dealing with it. So, um, you know, in these books that I read, like it gives shared examples of what people do. Um, and I think, you know, you, you pick and choose what relates to you just to make you better or as, as best you can be. Yeah. Well, I imagine just like with actually doing, doing the sport, there's trial and error, like, oh, I'm going to try this and, oh, that didn't work or this book, I started it and I really wasn't feeling it. You know, it's just trying different things. Exactly. Um, so let's, let's start at the beginning. Where, uh, where did you grow up? Um, so I, I was born and raised in England. Okay. Um, I lived there until I was 12 years old. Then I moved to Perrysburg, Ohio. What, uh, um, what, what made that move there from England to little old Perrysburg? <laughs> my dad got transferred, um, in his company, yeah. um, to, um, to a plant out near Perrysburg. So that's where we ended up. Um, and, uh, that was my first, like, First time ever being to America. Yeah. The only like picture I had of America was from the movie Greece. And I thought all of America was like Greece. <laughs> <laughs> so when I arrived and we landed in Detroit, I was like, what? <laughs> it's all fields. <laughs> yeah. It's like Greece. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh then I, you know, then going to school, it was the schooling was definitely different from what I was used to in England. How, um, not, so so not, so saying that how was the transition then from because you're 12 is uh i mean it's difficult to move anywhere at 12 let alone to a different country but how how like how was it for you to like because you said schooling's different i mean everything's different so what 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 was the most difficult part about it um well probably like the friends and like figuring out like where you fit in yeah um and then just adapting the different culture like i'd always I'd gone to the same school um, all through elementary. And then my when I was, well, my last year in England was I'd moved to, it was high school, but it was like um, sixth grade through 12th grade mm, or okay. that version of sixth grade through 12th grade all in one building. So I'd moved to that. And, uh, but I'd basically been with my same classmates all the way through the elementary school. Mm. And then I, you know, some of my friends were in my classes, but we we're all in the same school. Just now there was more of us there. Um, and so I just kind of made all these new friends. Um, so I was, I was a brat moving. I like put up temper tantrums left and right, told my parents I wasn't coming. I was running away. I felt bad. I feel bad now. Um, I hated the idea of it at the time, but then, yeah, moving over, just, you know, finding, um, like which, you know, you know how kids are, you have, you have your group, mm -hmm. right? Like your little click. Yeah. Um, so finding like where I kind of fit in and who my, who my click was. Um, and then again, it's schooling itself. Like I always wore uniforms to school. So coming into a public school where you could wear what you want, I was like, what? I have like three outfits, you know, yeah. <laughs> because I was, I was the same. I always had to wear the same thing all the yeah. time. Um, and so, you know, the, the normal pressures of like all of that, that like, I never even crossed my mind when I was mm -hmm. in England because this is what we wore. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> Well, that that is i mean not only do you have to worry about uh i'm moving across the country but now you're like i i did not know how to dress myself because i was the same way i went to a catholic school and i wore uniforms all the time i'm like wait i gotta figure out i, yeah. I don't wear jeans ever like i you know i figured it out so and added pressure to trying to be trying to look, look as cool. cool as yeah yeah yes. i think i failed at that <laughs> i think i still fail at that so 
I've well, come yeah. to terms with it now in my later years, but <laughs> yeah, all I wear is since I coach at Paris, all I wear is the free t-shirts I get and shorts. So yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so, so navigating, uh, what at that point was sixth grade going into junior high, uh, in high school, moving to Paris, I'm assuming you got, uh, and maybe I'm wrong, but, but did you get into sailing when you were, when you lived in England? Yes. Yeah, so I come from a fa sailing family. My parents, okay. my whole family actually sails. Um, and my parents, when I was young, uh, bought an old 40 foot, uh, wooden yacht and they gutted it, stripped it, redid it all, rebuilt oh, wow. it basically. Um, and so we sailed in England, our, our school holiday in the summer was five to six weeks. So we would spend four weeks of that on the boats, cruising up the English coast to Scotland and down the locks in Scotland. Okay. So um that was in my younger years and so I had to learn how to sail just in case something happened to them on the boat they wanted me and my mm -hmm. brother to know how to drive the boat what to do with the sails at least how to make the boat stop and keep it safe and so we learned that at a young age and then we started to get then they bought a racing boat and we started racing with them and we um we got our own little they're called optimists so like an eight foot pram boat um, that are super big in youth sailing. And to be honest, I absolutely hated sailing. It really? I hated it. Um, <laughs> it was so cold. It was, I wasn't very good. Um, I just, it was just not fun, but, mm -hmm. um, but I did it because it was that I was set on shore. And I think I've always had some sort <laughs> of like competitiveness in me that I wanted yeah. to do. I just wasn't very good at it. So that's why I hated it. And then when we moved to America, um, we joined our yacht club in LaSalle, Michigan at North Cape Yacht Club. I was going to ask the, you, I was going to ask you like where around here, where that would yeah. be, but okay. Yeah. And then, you know, it's not very far away. Um, so we, we joined there and, uh, joined the youth program and, you know, I'm like, whoa, it's like hot. The water's warm. Like, this is a little more fun. I'm winning races every now and then like, cool. And yeah. it kind of like snowballed from there. I started to really enjoy the sport and, and love it. And then even then, like we only did it in, in the summertime because there was no high school sailing for for us there like around the, a lot of the coastal com uh schools there's high school sailing but you know sailing for us was a summer sport school was done you went sailing you know and so summer school came back it was track or cross country or whatever sports you were in so do you um because th that that amazes me even more because it's sometimes when you're like okay i'm going to do this sport to the highest level i can do it you're able to do it all the time and e even at a young age right that's how you get really good at it um but now, but being here, like that's, we have winters and that's something you're not able to do. Like where, where was a shift from like, all right, um, I got to move somewhere else or I got to do something if this is what I want to keep doing. So I think it all kind of, so in 96, I decided I wanted to go to the Olympics. Like I was 12, 13, whatever, when the Atlanta Olympics was on, I was when, like, I'm going to go win a gold medal one day. When you hated sailing. Yeah, no, I just, uh, yeah, no, I think I'm... I just moved to America. So okay, it was okay. like after my first summer here. Uh -huh. And I was like, okay, so I like sailing, right? Okay. But I didn't know what sport I wanted to go in, right? I just said I want to go. Because mm, um, okay. I was still swimming, um, you know, a little bit. And and it wasn't until high school that um, I got, I want to say dragged into running. I was dragged into running. I ended up enjoying it a lot, but it was not like out of choice, really, that I did it. Who pulled Initially. you into that then? So my brother, um, my brother joined the cross country team okay. in ninth grade or eighth grade or something. Anyway, when he came to the high school, um, Abby, um, 
was on the team and she told my brother to like convince me to come to a practice. Yeah. And I was like, fine. So I came and I kind of liked it a little bit. And then I obviously it grew from there. Yeah. So like my junior senior year was when I, I ran and it's because Abby convinced my brother to talk me into coming to a practice. Oh, so you didn't do it all throughout high school. It was just those two years. No, only my last two years. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's my, my running career was two years high school. Wow. <laughs> uh, junior and senior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so at that point I was like, well, I could go to college for, I knew I wanted to keep doing sports. I was like, I could go to college for running mm-hmm. or I could go for sailing. And I was like, well, running in school doesn't really sound fun, right? Like forced to wake up. Like I can't imagine having to do a practice, like, you know, after having a good college night out, right? Like yeah, that sure. sounds terrible. Whereas <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could do okay sailing, even if you're slightly hungover. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway. <laughs> well, well, are you are you going to tell me that you're saying that like you've never, that's never happened before? I mean, sometime in your career that has had to happen, right? <laughs> What, that I've partied and then went sailing the next yeah, day? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're all in college, right? You all sure, yeah. yeah no, I get it. I get it. Um <laughs> so yeah, so then I was like, right, I'm gonna go to school for col- for sailing. Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up choosing Old Dominion. And even going into college, like I wasn't good. Like I was okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um so it wasn't, I wasn't like recruited or anything like that. I just joined the team and my team at Old Dominion, um, the seniors were really good. They were ranked number one in the co-ed division and the women's division nationally. So when I show up to practice, <laughs> I get my ass handed to me on day one. And I was like, Jesus, these guys are good. Um, but it was great because I got pounded for a year, you know, just beat. And then our seasons, you sail basically from September to uh, beginning of November and then you start up again mid-February through May or okay. June whenever nationals are so we have a really long season so I get you know we practice six days a week and it's just rep after rep after rep you know and by the time they left I was like whoa like significantly better I learned how to practice I I learned how to have a consistent coach and uh, you know got a lot of discipline on how to train and get better and then from my second semester sophomore year through my end of my senior year I sailed every weekend we were in season um and so I just got a ton a ton of sailing time and just learned a whole lot and that's kind of what kick-started my sailing was that uh going to going to college and sailing there was that your first time having a like structured program and a structured coach and like all these things I mean, yes and no. Like we had like our, our coach in the the youth program at North Cape, um, you know. But that's that's just a summer program, and mm-hmm. it's the practices were you know an hour or two, you know, twice a week or something, and then you'd go race on the weekends. And um, a coach might come if they could. Um, so we did have help. We had you know members that were super supportive and definitely influenced a lot of my sailing, um, but. Yes, I would say having that like structure of, you know, I was going to get yelled at by a coach if I screwed something up or like that, like that was new. And I think definitely developed me as a sailor and my coach there, Mitch Brindley, our head coach, was awesome. Um, and he, he actually was my Olympic trials coach and came to the Olympics with me too. So like oh, he nice. made a big impact on my life and my sailing career. I'm from a very early early age so freshman year college on yeah 
Uh, when you showed up for that first practice and you said you you got your butt kicked, was there was there at any point in that in that day or first few weeks or wherever you're like, man, maybe this isn't for me? Or did you use that to be like, okay, I want to be as good as them? Uh, yeah, I don't like losing, so I used it as a <laughs> no. I'm gonna get you, and I didn't freshman year, but. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you keep you, you are you keep saying how competitive you are was that something I'm asking because my daughter is eight right now and she is competitive in everything to the point where we don't even like playing board games with her because mm-hmm. it's because she gets upset and stuff was that like and I'm just asking like where this is going like where what can I expect was it how you were like have you always been competitive like this <laughs> I think so yeah um yeah I, I again it's not that I ever like winning I just don't like losing right <laughs> so the idea of loss is yeah. disastrous to me so I think probably and I think I get it from my parents right like uh, I think my dad comes from a very competitive background and that's why he's successful and he had a good sailing career um same with my mother she's not necessarily competitive in the sense of like sh- she wants to beat everybody down but she sets in incredibly crazy goals against herself and yeah. goes out and tackles them and won't accept an, an L at all you know yeah. so I think it's just part of our genetics so yeah I think you might be in trouble I, <laughs> I'm ner- I'm nervous about it but I'm hoping that well it's gonna it, it's gonna it's gotta turn into something positive like it's gotta I don't know it's it, she's gotta be even it's not necessarily sports or maybe it's just in her business or whatever like it's gotta propel her to do something um good or to be good at something i'm i just i'm hoping like uh we can get through some board games here every once in a while (laughs) well hopefully you will yeah like she uh she does baton right now and it's such a solo it's a solo sport she does she has a team and they do team routines but it's mainly solo and she's been doing it for five years since she was three and she's really good at it i'm just worried like and and i don't know if there's any advice or whatever like i'm worried like because it's a solo thing and it can be in her head so much. And I know she's little, so it's not so much in her head, but I'm worried that there isn't a lot I can do besides just be like, well, good job. Or, Hey, I, you know, get them, get them next time. Like it's, that's for me, yeah. it's hard to do because I'm a coach. I can coach football. That's a team sport. I can coach, you know, basketball, all these other things I know how to do. I, I don't know anything about baton besides watching. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, my parents did a great job of always making sure that it was fun. Mm, right. Okay. Like it was, like my mantra through my youth sailing, and I still hold it today. Like I sail for fun and winning is the added bonus. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. Winning is like the goal obviously, but you know, like we're lucky that we get to do what we do mm-hmm. and I have such a good time doing it. So as long as I'm still loving it, then it's good. Like anytime like that love stops, you know, then it's time to take a little break from it. But sure. yeah, like they did such a good job of like, drilling that into my mind that like this is fun like this should be fun keep it fun um okay. and it's played a huge part in it i just hold a big banner at our competition it just says fun just, <laughs> <laughs> just have fun yeah yeah um so you're you're at college um and i am very naive to the sport of sailing i don't know uh, much about it besides uh the little bit um i read about you and what are there i know there's obviously solo things but are there team things too that that like in college that you were i don't know if you were a part of or you were just did solo stuff i know so most of college sailing actually is team so it's either doubles um so you sail most of the time you sail a boat with two people okay um and so you have like there's the co-ed division and in the co-ed division there's two 
two divisions. So there's an A, it's called A division and B division. And each division races their own division and then you total the scores at the end. Same in the women's division, there's an A and B and you total scores at the end. There is solo sailing, but it's, there's only one, at least when I was sailing, there was only like three regattas the whole mm. season. So like some uh, practice regatta, basically a qualifier and then nationals. Okay. Um, and then in the spring, they do, um, it's called team racing. So you have your two people in one boat, but you have three people on one team and you try and beat three people on the other team. So you only have a six boat race and it's about combinations of trying to get your team in a better position across the finish line than the other team. Okay. And it is like um, racing where it's like whoever finishes first, it's not based on anything else. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so you, uh, you're in college and you're competing and you're winning. You guys, I mean, your team's really good from what I'm reading. Um, you guys have won, you won uh, national championships. Are you there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, we won one as a women's team my freshman year and then I won three individual sophomore through senior year. What, um, how, how does, because obviously, I feel like the answer is obviously winning the gold medal at the Olympics, but all, along the way, like all these competitions winning, like has to feel like the Olympics, like we won a national championship or I won this world championship. Like all these things are just like, they just seem really awesome. And like you, you're doing these things with your team. And so like, is there, is there a point where like, like in, in college, you're like, wow, this is the best. And I don't know if anything's going to top this. Obviously there, there are, and there has, but like, is that your feeling at the time, like when you're in college? Uh, in college, I was, I was very excited about the wins. Um, it was um, a huge learning, and it was kind of all building on the goal that I had to be um, college sailor of the year. So oh. all these wins were like that was like at the time the the award to be winning yeah. um, for the female college sailor of the year. So that was my goal then um, and to be honest like I, I wanted to go into Olympic sailing through college but the the boat that there was at the time was a little cost prohibitive to me to, for me to do it mm. so it was mm, I'm probably going to go into accounting so let's you know let's really enjoy this right now um, oh boy and then my senior year they changed the boat going forward so it made it that I could afford it okay. right out of school um, but yeah, at the time I was like, wow, this is great. This is the goal. And, um, you know, that college sailing is its own journey. Like looking back on it, it was four years that was super valuable to helping me get to where I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, at the time, like those four years were like the center of my focus of this is what I was going to do because yeah, even though I had this goal of going to the Olympics, it wasn't actually something that seemed that feasible at the time. So I just kind of focused on the now. Okay. And then now at one time was accounting. <laughs> yeah. Accounting. That's, it, it's such, um, uh, I wasn't expecting to hear that. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's funny to me that because obviously there are two totally different things, but like the way, the way you said it though, is like, well, to me, it felt devastating. You're like, well, I guess. And cause the only thing, the only thing that was holding you back was money. Like being able to afford this boat to do your thing. You're like, well, I can't do that. I guess I got to do accounting. Like, like, when you hit that point was it just like 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 i said it to me it was devastating like and i i'm not you i'm not going through it but it just seemed like it's such a difficult choice but also at the same time an easy one because obviously i can't do it because i don't have money 
no so my other goal in life was to be really rich and to be a cfo of like some massive company so i actually really love accounting okay i know that's not sound nerdy but i actually loved it like i took um the accounting classes at Perrysburg high school with Mm -hmm. mrs shop and i loved loved the subject and um so yeah i was like super excited to get into that field and do it um but obviously like yeah being able to play around in sports all day sounds better than anything really so (laughs) you know when that opportunity presented itself i was like oh yeah i'm gonna go do that instead um but no like i i did really have a goal of you know trying to go make a lot of money and be at the top of my game in that field well i Um, guess i should i should have expected that answer (laughs) (laughs) but instead i'm just broke doing olympic sailing (laughs) But I'm having fun, so that's what that's good. Have fun, yes, yes. Um, in college, were you uh, running and and all that kind of stuff too? Still, I just to stay in shape. Running, okay. I right. got introduced to weightlifting. Mm. Um, so yeah. Um, this is just a stupid question from a coach, but in football, if our kids, if we get mad at our kids, we make them stand on the line and do sprints. In college, when you guys get in trouble, is there any pet? punishments like that i would imagine it's very similar but i just didn't know if there was something like that um did we ever get in trouble i don't know if we as a team got in trouble i'm sure we did but there was nothing scarring nothing that's that happened <laughs> well we I would had know. To wash boats or something like that you know or we had to like miss a practice and clean stuff but yeah yeah nothing nothing too scarring was there anything um because it, it seems to me uh, sailing can be dangerous um, because you're, I mean, I guess anything can be dangerous. Was there any, was has there been any times for you where it's like, oh man, um, I should, maybe I should rethink doing this. No, I mean, yeah, sailing is dangerous, but so is crossing the road. Correct. You know, so Correct. It's, it's all part of the game, right? Like yeah. you could get hit in the head and, you know, you could be killed instantly. You could drown, mm-hmm. but, you know, hopefully you're taking the precautions I'm big into safety, so I always wear a life jacket on the water. Um, I always have a knife in my life jacket just in case, you know. So, um, but yeah, if, if it's that time, it's that time. Sure, man. That's uh, anything that I don't do seems super dangerous. Like, I mean, football is dangerous, and people get upset about a concussion and stuff. Which, in reality, it's not even the sport that you get the most concussions. So, but from yeah. the outside, it looks like man, you know, there's a guy that from the bills that almost died on the field you know people see that right. kind of stuff but you're right like it's you can get okay. hurt crossing the street right so yeah. yeah uh so okay so you finish up uh you discover they're changing the boat you can hey like hey i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go for my olympic dreams um i think something i think it's more out there now that people notice but when you're in the olympics it's not like people are paying you a lot of money to like do it and in fact you i'm assuming you got to pay for everything all the time uh, and you might get a little bit at the end when you win a gold medal, possibly. So going through this, being able to get, you know, uh, purchase this boat to actually compete in the Olympics. Um, how hard is it just to, once you leave college, you're, you're on your own or, or you have a coach or a couple of coaches, how hard is it just to keep that, keep it going, not only financially, but just like time and energy and, and just trying to reach your goal. So it's a lot. So financially, it is um, quite difficult. It is an expensive sport. Um, we do have a federation, so the U.S. Sailing Federation. Um, they do support their their top athletes um, with some funding and coaching um, and logistics help. Um, 
they and they they for the most part do a really good job with that Ugh. it still doesn't cover the whole budget though so your budget could be anywhere from like my when I first started it in 2000 for the 2008 Olympics my budget was like 100 120,000 a year um now oh then I moved to the London Olympic and our budget was close to 200 plus thousand a year mm -hmm. um so that's like a, a huge part of it because you have to find sponsors and um you know donations and do fundraisers and everything like that in addition to the support that you're getting from the federation yeah um and then outside of that yeah it's time it's you you put in your hours training you your debriefing um so your debriefs are like an hour hour and a half a day after mm -hmm. you've done you know three or four hours on the water and then after that you're doing logistics and more fundraising and blogs and all of that so but it's fun it's part of the job like yeah you're not just going out training for two hours and then you're done for the day no you you do actually work most of the day yeah because you got to fit the gym in there too so as well. <laughs> that is a uh an entirely too long of a day but again if you if you are <laughs> striving to be your best this, this goal you set as a 13 year old to be in the olympics um i think that was the goal just to be in the olympics or was it to win a gold medal to win a gold medal Okay, so your goal as a, as a thirteen year old win a gold medal. Um, do you do you look at your life now? You're like, my thirteen year old self made this goal and I accomplished it. Obviously, there's more goals I want to do now, but I my I accomplished my thirteen year old self goal, and how like amazing that is because I mean I could ask my eleven year old son now, what do you want to do? He's like, I don't know, I want to play Fortnite, <laughs> whatever, right? <laughs> to, have, to have this goal and that something that you accomplished to me is amazing like do you look back on that and think like this is my 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 dream became a reality yeah uh for sure um it was nice as was saying when I when I won it was it wasn't like I was extremely happy and over the world and super proud and everything but it was also so much relief <laughs> like like I've had this goal for so long I've put in all this work and like thank God we did it, you know? Um, <laughs> so it was, uh, but yeah, like looking back at it and being like, wow, if I hadn't actually ever said that, I don't know if I would be here, but oh, yeah, yeah. it's nice to, um, to see it, you know, fulfill itself. Yes. Do you, um, when, when you were headed into the Olympics before you won a gold medal, where, like, how'd you feel or where were you according to rankings? Like, did you think like, Hey, I have a real shot at this or like, like where were you headed into that? Um, I was ranked number one going okay. in. So the, um, and I then like the, lot, I feel like that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, no. Um, cause <laughs> we have, let's say, let's say, if we think about it, right. Like the whole, the leading into the Olympics, each Olympics is every four years. Right. So mm -hmm. there's a four year build up to this. And so after three years, I was already ranked in the top five in the world. Okay. So just every event you get ranking points and you shift up and down, whatever. And, uh, me and the other American girl were ranked number one and two for a large majority of those three years. So we'd been at the top. We'd had all this pressure, pressure, but it wasn't really because it was just like going out and trying to beat everybody. Yeah. Um, and then the test event. So the the basically the dress rehearsal for the Olympics the year before, I won that one. And so I like I honestly felt so comfortable in the venue. Like I I understood the currents. I understood the wind. I just felt really comfortable going into that that sailing mm -hmm. um event and i think that helped a lot and additionally like our trials our olympic trial system is super intense and 
Um, and it was miserable. Like it was a, a nine day event that was absolutely mm. miserable. And it definitely got me ready for the Olympics. Like the amount of stress and um, pressure during that event made the Olympics feel a little bit easier. Yeah, and I guess that's what you want, right? You want you want the actual event, the day of the event, to to be normal and feel as easy as it can. And you know, maybe maybe that's why those trials are so difficult. You know, and yeah, um, you know, you're talking about the four year buildup and how like it just seems like an eternity to like get to this this time where you're competing for a medal. And I know for like for track, you can do all this work. And then it, and then you get disqualified. You don't even get to run your race. Like, like I, I be when you, I, I thought of that when you said like, Hey, I want, I want to go mellow. F- I'm glad our, f- you know, finally we did it, you know, but like, like just to go through all this training and, and four years stuff and then to not do well. That's why I said, like, seems like a lot of pressure. Like it just, it just seems, seems too much sometimes, you know, but, but to go through that, go to the Olympic trials and get there the day of your race. Um, to to and please explain this to me i'm assuming they're just it's it's similar to track where there's heats different heats and stuff and then oh there's not no so the way um the way the sailing works for most of the time sailing is um let's say there were i think there were like 25 boats or something that qualified um 25 countries qualified and we did it's called an opening series so we race mm, i think we did nine ten nine or 10 opening races okay. where we all race together and it's everybody, everybody on the race course at the same time, first person crosses the line, they get one point, second place gets two points, et cetera, on down at the end of that opening series, the 10 boats with the lowest amount of scores move into what's called the medal race. Uh, okay. You carry your score over, but the medal race counts as two points. So if you get first place, you get two points. If you get second, you get four points. Right. So it puts the pressure and it makes the scores all of a sudden like close up. Mm -hmm. Um, So going into the medal race in China in 2008, I had a seven point lead on the second place boat. But with the double point system, it meant I only had like a three and a half point lead. Okay. so it makes the final race like a little bit more pressure intensive and tight and fun to watch. Sure, sure. But I mean, having all those races that even (laughs) You just keep keep making me think there should be more pressure because that is a lot of races where anything can go wrong. You can end up with a high score. Like it just like you can. Yeah. Yep. It's part um, of the game. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so intense. Uh, but it's cool. It's it's cool that uh, obviously that uh, I say it's cool to win a gold medal. Like, yeah, I, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you have the opportunity to pick which country you wanted to to race for or or? like how does that how did that work since you were born in england to be fair it didn't even cross my mind oh, nice. i was okay. racing for america okay. um when i became a, an american citizen in 2002 2003 something mm-hmm. i uh got basically you renounce your citizenship to your former country and you only have your american passport so i could have gone and gotten my british one again afterwards but it, to be fair, it didn't even cross my mind i was like i'm nice. american i'm gonna race for america yeah well yeah. that's cool so uh, what what does it feel like um, to stand on the podium uh, when they're in, and put a gold medal because you're just by yourself with the second, you know, the second place and third place person. What does it feel like 
uh, can you describe like just being up there listening to the national anthem with the gold medal around your neck? Uh, it's surreal. It's the dream, right? It's, um, yeah. it's it, because it's happening in the now you're like on cloud nine, like you don't even feel like it's real. Um, it wasn't until like after the press conference, after the award ceremony, and I got back to my room and I was by myself that like, that's when it hit. I was like, fuck, I just won. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> um, that's when it kind of all sank in and I just like burst into tears, like yeah. in my room by myself. Uh-huh. Um, but being on the podium, it was, you know, amazing seeing my parents out there, like proud and having the American flag flying. Like, yeah, it was Man. a job done when when does the uh when does that switch flip and you're like all right on to the next thing because i feel like that's that it would be seem like it'd be pretty quick for you because you're just like uh, yeah right, it did yeah. <laughs> it happened fairly quick yeah. i don't think i think i took like a month off and started diving into the next the next one and i switched disciplines for the next actually no i think i sailed one more year in that boat and then um i switched disciplines and sailed a different different type of boat um but yeah i was right back into it um how was the what do i want to say like because when people obviously there's big sporting events where that are covered more you know like especially in america like we care about these sports like how was was there any fanfare it was just like well here's my parents my brother and my friends and family and then on to the next thing or was there people like reaching out to you or you know trying to talk to you about winning the gold medal um some people did um but you know like the cool thing about sailing is a lot of the time, well, it's the cool, but like the downside a little bit is usually our sailing is done in a, it's called a satellite location. So like the Olympics were in Beijing, but we were sailing in Qingdao. Okay. The London Olympics were in London, but we were sailing in Weymouth. So we're always a few hours away from like the main city. Mm-hmm. So you are like in the satellite city, like you are the sport. So everyone's watching oh, that okay. sport and everything. So, you know, in China, they, they were so excited um in england i screwed it up so nobody was excited but um the uh you know but it like in the satellite city like that's their sport so they're super excited about it when i came back to the u.s like yeah people reached out people were excited um the downside is there's so many people win gold medals that like not many people even know what sailing is so yeah you know i did go on the oprah show i went to the white house See, um, that's what I'm talking about. Like, how? Okay, like that so, was cool. But you're yeah. like hanging out with like, and it was great because I got to meet like the gymnasts, like um, that they were there. But you know, you'd also hang out with the other sports that were, you know, super small that nobody really knew about or anything. So like, oh, you cool. they just we'll clump you all friends. together. Yeah, <laughs> you you know each other. You're... Yeah, we're small. <laughs> we'll be buddies. Um. So yeah. So that was that was cool. Um. And and now your picture gets to hang in Parisburg High School for forever, so that's cool too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I do like because uh, some of my friends are on. Well, they change it all now; it's all digital. But there used to be a board with like state championships and all this stuff. I do like telling, like, showing my kids or showing people I know, like, oh, there's one of my best friends is on a state board, or you know, oh, I now I say, oh, like I I was on. I, I don't say I talked to you or knew you, but I was, like, I was on the car, the track team when she was on the track. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so so after your month off, uh, you see Oprah, see the White House. How was the White House? Was it cool there? Yeah, it was cool. It was yeah. it was a very fast like whirlwind sort of thing, right? Like you just usher you on through. But yeah, yeah it was cool. Yeah. yeah, they don't need they don't need tiny sports there. Get out of there. No, 
yeah uh oprah so um how was it that that seems that seems uh obviously all the stuff you do to me seems really cool but that seems really cool just to go on there and and like was it the same thing when you were at the white house like just a bunch of people or did you get to be on there and talk and no i wasn't picked out it was just a bunch of athletes bunch okay. of, they picked i don't know x number of athletes to come and i was part of the mass group that came yeah did you at least get to shake hands and say hello to oprah maybe i don't i honestly don't remember i know oh, i really? did it i don't remember it was oh wow it was a while ago oh yeah uh all right so after your your uh celebration month uh and you get right back at it is is right away i would imagine there's world championship stuff are you uh, are you focused on a particular event or particular thing, or is it just like, Hey, we're just going sailing, practicing some more. No. So it's, you do do a lot of training, but you have your peak events. So like the world championships or the European championships, North American championships, whatever's, you know, and if you have a qualifying event that you need to execute at to qualify for the world or um, qualify for the team or something like that, like mm-hmm. those are big important events, but other than that, it's just training. Um, so working a plan with your coach. Um, I think I went shortly after I went down to Australia and did some training with one of my friends from the Netherlands and we just put in a solid month or so down there mm-hmm. just sailing hard and having fun and then sure. got into the season after that. Um, how many uh, gold medals, first place trophies, blue ribbons, how many have you won first places? Do you know offhand? No. No. I was just curious. I, I, I feel like uh, just from talking to you, you're like, all right, here's another one. Time to go back and do some more work here. <laughs> so, no, my whole mentality was, like, I'm very, like, obviously, I love the fact that, like, I win um, when I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but unless it was the Olympics, like, it was training okay. to me. That's, like, sure. that was my mentality. So, you know, I we'd do an event and we'd finish and I'd if I made the podium, great. Um, and then, like, people go out partying and I'm like, yeah what am I celebrating? Like I didn't, yeah. didn't accomplish. I didn't say all the perfect regatta, you know? So I want to learn from it. So then I want to be, and I'm probably a little bit psycho, but I, I'd be like, right, I need to go to the gym again tomorrow. You know, like the journey's not over yet. We're not there yet. And uh, so I very rarely went out and like celebrated everything. So a lot of it was like, okay, cool. That was good. It's a step in the right direction. How can we do better? I, th- I think it's good that you acknowledge like, Hey, that was cool. And we did, you know, do we do our best? No, but we did a good job and I had fun. Like my mom and dad said, and then, um, but now it's time to move on. But cause, but I think the important piece there is still acknowledge like that was a good job. I can do better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think you have to do that in all things, whether you win or lose, right? Yes. Like you have, you have to look at the positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pick one thing that you learned. Like you can't dwell on all the negatives cause yeah. that's just not good for your mental state, but you got to pick the good and pick one bad thing and learn from it that's uh the hardest thing to teach junior high i used to coach a uh, shot and disc at junior high and i would try to stress to them like yes we're trying to win obviously we're trying to win this duel or we're trying to win this tribe meet um ultimately i would tell the really good ones ultimately these don't matter like like this is just another practice to get to the league meet and then the state meet after that yeah but it's but they want to win everything all the time and if they don't uh it's devastating and i keep trying to tell them like okay you got second but you also pr'd like we have to acknowledge that you did a good job yeah um, and then okay then we'll come like celebrate today and then tomorrow we'll come back and practice and, and work on it so you don't get second you know 
Yeah. But but it's it's very it's very difficult. I would imagine it's difficult for anybody, but I just I noticed it a lot because I was with them, you know, the junior high kids. Like it's okay to be ex- excited or to acknowledge your your good thing that happened and then continue on and 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 try to get better. Yeah. And I think it's something that athletes develop as they age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're young, I think all of us were like that. None of us we just wanted the now. We didn't I did I would say it's not that we didn't know, but we just didn't understand the process we didn't understand how it all works yeah. you know now that we've been around and we've seen we're like oh, okay well yeah i saw that like 82 years ago or i learned this two years ago and i just applicate applied it today right yeah. like but at that age when you're five years old throwing something or running or whatever you're like ah, right? you're not learning anything <laughs> you're just doing it right yeah, and then by the yeah. time you hit eight okay maybe you're learning things and then you know it's slowly it's a building process i think yeah. over time <laughs> Um, so after after your gold medal, um, your your expect, expectations are high, obviously for the next Olympics. Um, how what was the big was do you did you recognize a big difference between the two thousand eight and the, as opposed to two thousand twelve? Like just obviously the outcome was different, but like like just I don't know. Was there something that stood out? It was like, well, this is why you know I didn't get a gold medal. Um, yeah, I think so. We, um, after the Olympic trials in 2008, I took a, a week, a month off sailing, didn't touch the boat, didn't do anything with it. Um, and kind of felt refreshed coming back into it and then kind of built my season into the Olympics. I changed disciplines for the 2012 Olympics and our trials were a little bit later. So the China trials were in October, the year before the Olympics. And then but in 2012, our Olympic trials were in May with the Olympics at the end of July or August or something. So it was a much tighter time frame. Okay. And so we kind of almost felt, I was sailing with two other girls at this time. So there's three of us. And it was kind of, we finished our trials. We had to fly back to the U.S. We had like four days off. Then we had to go to some press thing in Texas for a few days. And then from there, we had to fly to Lanzarote, which is an island in the Grand Canaries. Um, we had to like a, a week of team building there and then we had to fly to our world championships. And then, so it never really like slowed down. It was continuous. And I think by the time, like things leading up to that point felt easy, like sailing was easy. Everything went smoothly. And then as the time got closer to the Olympics, like things weren't going as easy or as smoothly. Not that we were getting worse, just it yeah. was it wasn't that we were adding pressure or anything. I think it was just like, we were just getting tired, like mm. mentally and physically. And I don't think we recognize, we recognize, I, I think we recognize as a team that like things weren't going as smoothly, but we never didn't recognize in the sense that we needed to take a break before okay. we went into it. And, uh, you know, so in hindsight, we would have not gone to these other things and we would have taken a lot of time and then we would have gotten back into it going into the olympics um after so after that olympics was did you um i think i think what brought it to my attention is that you are going you're trying to go to the olympics now right mm-hmm. um did you have you always like was there any time off from that or, or was there always like hey i'm trying to i'm trying to compete i'm trying to qualify for the olympics no i took uh, i took i retired for four years from sailing okay like checked out. Um, was that when you got into so CrossFit? Right, 
or was that just yeah well it was kind of like so i got into crossfit right before the london olympics okay and was just training it and whatever and then got into it after the olympics and did uh qualified for the crossfit games but i was still sailing at that point and that but that same fire that same spark wasn't there like i took the the loss in london like really hard um i felt like i let my team down my country down my supporters down and it was like i didn't cope with it very well Mm -hmm. and so like crossfit was this out outlet and it was like i needed a break away from sailing and so um yeah i retired from sailing officially and just started competing in crossfit and did that for x number of years and then in 2017 i tried to make a comeback in sailing like oh dabble right like gonna go sail this event and see how it goes but because i'd retired um i was out at the drug testing pool and the rules for water is that you have to be in the drug testing rule um pool for six months before you can compete at an international event and um i hadn't been in the pool for six months so i wasn't allowed to compete so i was like yeah i'm not gonna do this and then they um got me into a long story short, I ended up crewing now. Instead of driving, I ended up okay. crewing at the front of the boat that I sail now, the 49er FX, with um, 2016 Olympian Paris Henkin. And we teamed up to do a trial, to do a run for the Tokyo Olympics in 2020. We lost that trials on a like an extended tie. We ended up losing that trials. Wait, and then, I, I, do you say extended tie? Yeah, so... Like, so it's it's um you also tra- you also sound like uh you're like we the way you hesitated it was like we lost uh it was bullshit I mean that's the way you no 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 okay it was it was the it was the way the trials were written um okay. we just lost it um basically we lost by one point hmm. um but we tied so the way the trials worked was the two world championships the one in nineteen and the one in twenty like you took your overall score. And those added them together, and that was your point. So in the 19 Olympic uh, World Championships, we got ninth, and our competitors got 13th. And we go into the 2020 World Championships, and this crazy, crazy last race, any of us, like the point difference between third place overall and eighth place was like super, super tight. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, the other Americans ended up getting third. So now they have 16 points and we, we tied for sixth place. So that would have given us 15, but be- we lost the tie and ended up seventh. So we got 16 points. So now we're tied with the Americans because of that. And uh, the tiebreaker was who beat who in the 2020, uh, 2020 worlds. Uh, so we lost uh, was a bit devastating yeah yeah that, that seems like a, a weird phrase a weird phrase to say we lost the tie <laughs> yeah but we did <laughs> yeah wow so so okay i i cut you off because i was trying to, to to understand all the the words here but so you you teamed up with this person you you did all this um and is that is that where you're at now like are you is this what you're still doing or or this new go at it uh, is it something different no, it's the, it's the same. I'm still still sailing with Paris. Okay. Um, we took a the tr- basically the 2020 Worlds ended in February 2020, and then what COVID hit in yeah. March 2020, so everything kind of shut down. I own a gym here in Pittsburgh, so my goal was obviously the gyms were getting screwed over yeah, <laughs> in the yeah. whole pandemic. So 
it was like everything I could do to try and keep the gym going, like running virtual classes, engaging with the members, everything like that. Um, and so that, uh, that was like my main focus through COVID. And then at the end of, as things started loosening up again, I started coaching the national team. Um, and, uh, so I did that for a year and a half and then, uh, the, kind of talked us back into like yes obviously the desire to do it was always there yeah um but it it just wasn't the right time and it kind of seems like now is the right time so we partnered up again in september and have been training training hard since then and uh looking to try and qualify for 2024 and where's 2024 in paris okay um you you own a crossfit gym is that what you're talking about Right. Okay. And and that's obviously uh, something else that you, you got, got into um, and, and successfully doing really well uh, in CrossFit. When, when you retired from sailing, um, I'm assuming you, you were like, well, now I got this time. I'm going to do all this and put all this work in the CrossFit now. Is that, was that how it went? Um, it, is, it was just like it was something that was really fun same idea as sailing like it was always different like every day was different the workouts are always different they're always challenging you know you can always be better at the workout and I just love that competitive side of it and uh it was a different way to push myself to be try and be the best I could be Mm -hmm. um so yeah we gave it a go and like I said qualified and started doing fairly well at it so just kept going fairly well yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i i learned i recently learned more about crossfit because i i'm in my basement now but um i use a crossfit gym as my studio for my in-person podcast uh, here in perrysburg so um okay. i've been getting more information and learning more um i am terrified to do anything like that though because my back is really bad uh mm-hmm. so i gotta like uh it looks it looks fun um i like it because like, I don't mind lifting weights, but it's like lift weights, rest, lift weights, rest. And I, it, CrossFit seems like you're like, obviously lifting weights, but you're always like doing something, always moving. If you're, if you're in this circuit, then this person's over here doing sit-ups and this person's over here, you know, doing what like squat, squatting and box jumping, like all these different things. It just seems like, I like the constant motion because then it seems like you can get a good half, you know, for a dad, like a half hour class and to get like good workout, you know, that's, yeah. that, it's, so it seems really interesting to me, uh, CrossFit. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a, it honestly, it's a great workout, uh, workout and training methodology. And I think everybody, like a lot of people think, Oh, I don't do it. I don't want to get hurt, but a good gym and good coaches, um, won't let you get hurt. Like you, it's not about the weights that you move. It's about moving the weights correctly with good form. So you keep the weights super light whilst you keep, whilst you learn the form. And as your form develops, the weights can develop, you know, you're not going to get thrown in to do you know, um, 185 pound power cleans uh, in a workout on day one, even if you can power clean that weight, you know, it's not about doing it once it's doing it X number of times, you know? And so a good coach kind of monitors all that and keeps your form good. So it's, I, I, I see people's like hesitancy towards it, but Mm -hmm. honestly, like it's, it is really good training methodology and it's a really good way to strengthen your whole body. Yeah. Well, Anna, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on here. This was, it was awesome. Your story is awesome to hear everything. Um, obviously, uh, all your gold medals and world championships, all that's really cool. But I mean, the best thing is you get to be in Perrysburg high school for forever. So that's, I mean, yeah. I'd hang that my hat on that for the rest of my life. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> 
thanks again uh good luck in the future uh we root for you to to do well and to represent um us in the olympics again um but uh, i again i appreciate you coming on the podcast well thank you very much for having me and you guys can follow at hankintobiassailing.com or follow me on my instagram at a tonical tobias i will put those links in the show notes too so people can click right on them so perfect thank you All guys right. and this is great thank you yep Thanks again to Anna Tonicliffe Tobias for being on the podcast today. Uh, she was, it was great to, to hear like all the, the um, work and effort. Obviously it's a lot of work that goes into being an Olympic gold medalist, but just to hear everything that she goes through, how she can just win one thing and go right to the next, you know, still important, you know, with acknowledging the fact that she, that what she did, but also moving on to the next thing. Um, just, and just to hear the conversation of, you know, have the conversation of her moving over here at 12. That was a, a, a obviously a hard experience, but for her to go through that and explain that to us and how she was feeling and um, just everything along the way, you know, she, she, she set herself lofty goals at the age of 13 and, and she accomplished it and she just continues to strive forward and continue to, to, to get better, uh, to want to get better, to compete at such a high level. So uh, thanks again to, for her, for, for coming on the podcast. And as always, uh, thanks to Fort Meg's CrossFit, for allowing me to use your studio space. Thanks to um, Real JP Multimedia, Cuttlefish Graphics, Junior Perrysburg Junior High STEM Lab, and Big Daddy Graphics for always helping out the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.